Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. This week on The Pinball Show, Dennis is back while I scramble to clean up the place. We also discuss podcast experimentation, Stern Pinball's upcoming Mandalorian reveal, changing pinball distribution practices, mermaid cave holes, American pinball production updates, random movie references from Dennis, pinball market trends, upcoming market tips, a piece of pinball history up for sale, Shilling 101, announcing a new TPN podcast, and more. Come get some. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for the Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. The wackiest and most lovable show on the internet is the Pinball Show, episode 59. With me, Zach Minnie. And my best bud, Dennis Creasel. Um, yeah, Dennis, uh, how how are you? I'm okay. Things good. Yeah. I I listened to the last EGP episode. That was that was really good. I loved it. It was nice to Haggis gave us something substantive to talk about finally in pinball. So we yeah. had some fuel for the fire. Had a lot of arcade uh, fodder too. Yeah, a little bit on the video game side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. You know, just same old stuff here at the pinball show. No, uh, really, just same more. old stuff, huh? It was nor yeah. Um, had on a co-host last week, and he oh, was, you did? Yeah, new to new to pinball podcasting. So that yeah, that I can't say it went well. It it was there. So I did you did you listen? I don't know if you picked that one up. Play that one yet? Yes, I did. Okay. Oh, well, I was worried a bit. Um, Were you? Uh, on a scale of one to ten, what was your fear? Uh, I would rate it. Oh fuck, Dennis is going to kill me. I don't, if that's like a nine. Well, <laughs> in your de- <laughs> nine, okay, so pretty, so pretty high, pretty fearful. Um, yes. Uh, well, now I I will say, oh, no. I knew we had discussed. You had an interest in doing like a debate style show. Yes. I misunderstood you. However, <laughs> I thought you meant like as a standalone, separate podcast series, not. <laughs> On the Precious Pinball Show. <laughs> so when I downloaded it and I started to play it, I was like, oh, no. Oh, oh, no. oh he meant, like, on the off weeks, <laughs> this is when he was going to do it. Mm. Um, yeah, I actually, uh, I think so far this year, this is the most of a pinball show that I have had people email or message me about. And I wasn't yeah. even on the show. Yeah. It's the, it's the highest volume of messages I have received this year for a TPS episode. Polarizing experiment, that was. Uh, yes. Can't say yes, that I'm sir. proud of it. Um, man, it for a lot of people, it was about as awkward as this uh, conversation I'm trying to have with you right now in fear. Uh, it was probably more awkward than it, that. It really was. Um, a lot of people couldn't get through it, and I don't blame I, them. I struggled. I did not. Uh, I did have to take a break about maybe 
30 minutes through. Well, of course, I do play it at a higher speed. So, Oh, are you still? Yeah, oh, I, it's, it was it's all programmed in. fighting? I, no, my podcatcher, when I put it in a higher speed, it maintains the actual proper uh, pitch. So it just oh. sounds like you're talking faster. It doesn't change the, the micro tone. machine guy. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it's you still sound human, not Alvin. You're a shill. Everything is blanketed and flipping out pinball. But you're ridiculous. I'll spoofing you. That kind of thing. Did you just, uh, Zach? I think the moral that I that I and all of us really learned is that you need to just go back and listen to your old words. That's where the facts lie. I felt like national mm-hmm. treasure. Where? Yeah. Where's the Constitution? It's on the back of the map. But where? It was fun. Fun times. Okay. Well, my advice would be to never do it again. I got that advice from a lot of people, actually. I, when it started, I thought that there would actually be more. I mean, you all, you you had a back and forth. Like, it didn't feel like one person did all the talking or anything, but I thought it would be a little more logic driven, and it just wasn't. Aren't you proud of me, Dennis? It wasn't, uh, the logic thing wasn't, uh, I didn't fall on the logic thing. No, you had got, you'd come in with your, with your research. Yeah. I thought. I'm going to make my Din Din proud. I'm glad that he was willing to take the chance there. So my appreciation to Delt31 from Pinside for doing that. It didn't go in the direction I thought I was aiming for it. But those kind of things, when they're like that, you don't know where they're going to go. So it went where it went. It was very natural. It was very real. And at the end of the day, not the proudest uh, podcasting work I've done. But it was ultimately transparent and real, and in entertainment alone, we don't always get that. So I was happy that I did it, but I am with many of you listeners out there. I have no intention on ever doing that again. What it really brought home for me, Dennis, is plenty of people have their differences. There's a way to go about differences. I love that we don't have to always shield ourselves from a computer keyboard, or even in our case, a a stage by ourselves with a microphone to come together and discuss these differences. But we also know that it doesn't always work like that. And preconceived ideas are baked in and sometimes they can't be changed. But you can do one of two things in pinball. You can enjoy it as the the hobby it should be and be proud of pinball. That's what I took away, especially from that episode, because there's just sometimes there's no pleasing people. Uh, So it made me more positive about pinball and more proud to be a part of it even when it does feel like I'm liking everything new and shiny. I'm proud of that now. Well, I guess we're all glad that you feel very proud. But I can still argue with you. I think there's a difference between arguing friends and arguing strangers. Uh, well, I'm sure there is a difference, but there's a there's a difference between a, a debate where you're trying to convince someone based off of some elements that were of truthful, truth. and then there's just sort of standing by your statements and not really considering the other perspective and i think that was the vibe i got was just like you and and dealt came at it from two very different positions and it wasn't what i expected yeah. so no well, i got a lot of listens and oh uh, did it i yeah. didn't check the numbers and dealt taught me that all of our numbers are trash in general so i was happy to see mm. a nice little yeah that was an interesting there. element talking <laughs> about the i mean he didn't ask for my opinion but i was very very pleased with how the pinball industry awards viewer yeah. count was that one I threw mean, me because i'm like oh really like it was bad i i mean i don't know i i went off of the ultimate total views i didn't really think much about one way or the other in terms of expectations of who could have made and watched it live i was just surprised how many people end up watching it mm-hmm. but what do i know you know a lot actually 
I like at the end of the day, we had a lot of P- TPM people had difficulty listening to it. And I like that they voiced their opinions as well. It's like, wait, this isn't ringmaster Zach. Like he doesn't do all the work here. Damn it. We do the work. We do this, 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 and this. And Nicely done. I think a lot of them that aren't as part of the, you know, the administrative committee don't, you know, they don't have to watch for and manage that sort of, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I describe it, maybe fallout would be a decent enough word, but that there's sort of this false narrative that gets spread and it, you know, it sort of existed from the get go. Sure. Yes, it did. But but some of it's just sort of the hey well since you talk a lot about like you share a lot of the links and stuff so a lot of people sort of see you as the ringleader when mm-hmm. instead you're just one piece of this that's doing happens to do some of the most public facing work but like you don't manage the I mean you have access to but you're not the main manager of our social media for example correct yeah so yeah. it's just well, but it's people that- have this. This narrative in their mind that's, oh, yeah, it's Zach, everything about the, you know, one of the things that kept coming up in the discussion that I just thought was anyone who listened to any of the other podcasts on the network or watched any of the live streams uh, would know was that flipping out doesn't come out up on most of this stuff. No. And where it does, other than this show, it's like, well, the flipping out stream, which is the flipping out stream. So, of course, it's about flipping out. And mm-hmm. then, like, just another pinball, you have a separate flipping out has a separate standalone sponsorship arrangement with yes yeah. so it doesn't have anything to do with tpn you do the same thing with non-tpn things well, like yeah, loser what, kid yeah like you said i i do more advertisement outside of tpn than i ever would in mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah and that was one of the things that some of the i think took some of the tpn people back they're like we're never given direction that we have to mention flipping out or zach or anything it's like, no that's not the entire function of the network is to be a self-supporting thing where ideas are shared and people promote each other and all of that and encourage each other to produce creative content. That's the that's the motivator for it. Mm-hmm. And we they keep of, their own money. They decide what they're you know if they want to sell shirts. They make their own shirts. Yeah. Make their own deals. We don't get a cut of it. Absolutely. We being the network. Pretty easy agreements and understand understood mm-hmm. by. Everybody, it's why whenever we start, first start coming out with these podcasts, and I would share them on social media. That was one of the prompts that we had to to pull in David Dennis. He's been so kind enough to to lead the social media efforts, but because I was sharing these podcasts everywhere, and people thought I was just personally flooding different forums and stuff, and I and I stopped and said, "Guys, I can't, I can't do this anymore because people are going to, they're just going to kill us on this because somebody's got to share these things." And we encouraged the individual podcasts to share their own so that it wouldn't look like we were just dumping stuff on people. Yeah, we don't want to be dump trucks. No. No, we want to be Maseratis. If you were a car, which one would you be? Lighten us up a little bit. A dump truck. Ford Probe? Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't understand the question. You'd be a Prius. Sorry. That's the answer for you. You'd be a Prius. I think I'd be a Tesla. I, guess, I think I'd be a Tesla. Yeah. In a new, dynamic, long-winded, arranged. I'm trying to think of something that's like really shiny and flashy, but all show and no substance, like a Del Sol, maybe. Oh, I was going Tesla. I thought Tesla was good. And then every once in a while, the battery overheats and starts on fire. <laughs> Let's get into some pinball news. Before we do that, I want to say a belated happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there, as well as some of you mothers out there. Happy Mother's yeah. Day. Yay. Poor Dr. John. He had to wait for his interview last week, an hour and a half. He was a little salty about it. I'm not going to lie. 
It's time for TPN Industry News. Hi, and welcome to this week's SHIT update with Dr. John on the Pinball Show. While last week was all about Haggis Pinball with their Fathom announcement, this week's Spookies jumped up into the social medias with a couple of YouTube releases. If you jump on board the Spooky YouTube page, you'll find an update from Charlie and Bug about the latest and greatest events at Spooky Pinball and their new factory, and even some little hints about their upcoming game. But more entertainingly, Bowen Kerens does a couple of updates on Rick and Morty gameplay and how to get the most points available on the game. One is your G-rated gameplay, but I recommend the adults-only gameplay on Rick and Morty, where he covers a ton of dimensions and a stack of adventures. Sadly, Moon Man wasn't in there when he did this, but still great to watch a great player playing what can be a pretty difficult game. So, not much more from the SHIT camp, apart from you have about two weeks left if you want a Mermaid Edition Fathom before the windows close for purchasing. Catch you all next week. Hey, this is Kaz with a quick American Pinball update. I reached out to Michael Grant and he informed me that Houdini, Oktoberfest and Hot Wheels, all the three current titles, are still available and have been selling really well. American Pinball is going to be adding a second line soon to keep up with the demand as well as the future titles. Also, all new Houdinis include the updates such as the improved sound system, upgraded power supply, EOS switches, and flipper coil kits, as well as an available topper. They're still hard at work on game number four that will be revealed soon, so I hope everybody has a great week and has fun playing pinball. For the Pinball Show, this is Brian Koser. Hi, this is Ken Rudberg with your Jersey Jack update. With Guns N' Roses winning multiple Game of the Year awards, it's no wonder that its popularity is at a peak. With collector's editions on sale for $20,000 plus, the demand for the game is sky high, and this appears to have put a strain on the supply side of the supply and demand curve. Many game buyers have complained of increasingly painful wait times for their game. The game was launched back in October, and games ordered at that time are still being built. A recent buyer posted that his order from December for a limited edition Guns N' Roses was initially scheduled for April and has since been delayed to July. Another more recent buyer was told that it would take until October to deliver his game. It is now clear that at launch, the demand far outstrips supply and this has pushed delivery dates further and further out. How this will affect the new title is unknown, but it's clear that any new buyers will have to pack their patience and be prepared for a month's long wait. For the Pinball Show, this has been Ken Rudberg. Hello and welcome to the Pinball Show's Stern News Update. I'm Craig Bobby. Well, just in case you've been hiding out in a deep root pinside thread for the last two years, Stern officially launched their galactic-sized teaser for their brand new pin themed in the Disney Plus Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. Yes, what seems to be the second worst kept secret in pinball beyond Jersey Jack's next rumored title of Toy Story, This stern teaser promises that the world's most popular bounty hunter and his Baby Yoda sidekick Grogu would be coming soon from Stern Pinball. 
How soon, you say? Well, hold on to your Vintage Series Star Wars action figures and Baby Yoda Funko Pops because rumor has it that later this week on Tuesday, May the 11th, Stern will be launching their full reveal of The Mandalorian on their various social media platforms. Of course, all this news comes after a five-month new title hiatus from Stern, which has sent the entire red-hot pinball world into a galaxy far, far away, sparking a buying frenzy the likes of which we haven't seen since, mm, maybe the last Star Wars pinball machine from Stern? Now, what do we officially know about this title? Well, not much actually confirmed by Stern other than the theme. But wait a minute, we do know based on his various social media messages that it is highly probable that the previous 2019 Stern Star Wars comic edition artist Randy Martinez will be leading the art package. Other than that, it's rumored that Brian Eddy and Lonnie Ropp will get the nod for game design and game code respectively, but that is definitely not confirmed at this point, though highly probable based on rumor and because it's been two years since we've heard from either. So again, mm, we shall wait and see. <laughs> Thinking you're on the fence about if you might want to buy a Mandalorian LE Premium or Pro? Well, let's make that decision a little easier for you with LE selling out weeks ago simply on speculation of the upcoming Mandalorian release. This title is posed to break all previous sales records for a pinball machine in the modern era. See you on May the 11th, everyone, and may the LEs be with you. For the Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. Dennis, we do not have a lot of news. Thanks for the correspondence for delivering what we do have. We have some uh, meat on the bone, if you will. I expected more meat given the surprise teaser trailer from Stern. I'm not going to lie. After this last week, I've kind of stayed away from social media as much as I could. I didn't, didn't get a lot of the notes, but uh, Stern Pinball is in the news because they announced, this is a big one, they announced The Mandalorian as their new cornerstone title. What did you mm. think about the announcement? Very simple teaser, just saying, hey, may the fourth be with you. Here it is. It is Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was a little disappointed they did something on May the 4th because I just think it's a little overdone. But a little hacky? It, but, well, it's just, let's just say it's predictable. But that being said, some people probably were really pleased they integrated so well with something that's tied to Star Wars. I really was disappointed to hear that it was a cornerstone just because I thought it would have been really funny if Star Wars uh, The Home Pin oh, just no. got a new art package for The Mandalorian. And that's really what I was cheering for. Jeez. Going to be like, you guys are going to buy these home pin editions. Let's just let's let's make it. We're going to put the screen as Mando, and we're going <laughs> to change the artwork, and we're going to we'll, we'll we'll see if we can break you. That's why I want to start to break this hobby. The, I think the the enthusiast would have given up if that were no happen. no pinball people don't give up. They I never surrender. No, that would have set them back. They did the puzzle thing that, that no, made people by mad. By Grapthar's hammer, this it would have been fine. Well, I don't know that reference. I know you don't. Shit. I know you don't. Is it? It's not superhero based? Nope. Damn it. Probably some stupid Dune reference. Anyway, I'm not telling you what it is. <laughs> I know. So anyway. Grapthar. So it was a cornerstone. People are hyped. People are excited. People are calling their 
local and not so local distributors oh, asking to get on the list. Yeah, we'll get into that. What we do know, based on, I'm going to say based on some other, I think another dealer announced that there's going to be 750 units of the LE. So what somebody else announced. <laughs> Let the record show it was not me announcing or saying any of that. And another dealer I saw on the forums say that there is no change in pricing. I'm surprised at that. I Very surprised, well. actually. A lot of people speculated that because of the current market uh, and uh, parts parts delay issues, we were going to see, and you know, JJP just went up significantly. We were going to see some type of pricing mm. increase, but we we are hearing again nothing official, uh, nothing officially launched yet. But we are hearing no changing in pricing by Stern. That's an important and uh, important distinction. There's an asterisk mm-hmm. in your words there. that I, I can hear the pointy parts of it. There is an asterisk. How many mm. asterisks? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight points. Uh, I think in the like as it displays on the screen, but I've seen keyboards, for example, that only show six. So Ooh. yes, I have been bored enough to count before. <laughs> I just counted there. It is rumored that this is the next Brian Eddy design from Stern Pinball. It would fit given how long it's been since he's had another game. And I never heard that Stranger Things was just going to be a one-off for Brian, but that he was actually at Stern. Correct. I've been hearing people speculate that this is going to be much more Shadow-like rather than Attack from Mars-like. But I don't know. That's just desperation for those that have always felt Shadow was his best game or what. It is. Maybe it'll be like neither of them, folks. Did you think about that? Yeah, because Stranger Things is just so much like Attack from Mars, let me tell you. Um, shot entryways are all kind of the same. Completely Where the agree. balls come out from those shots is different, though. Mm-hmm. Feels different. But yeah, it, entry points, yeah, it does look like a oh, fan layout. <laughs> Drop-down center bank, I mean. Yeah, that that That's where it is, right there, that drop-down yeah. center bank. Yeah, rumored Brian Eddy. I hope it's shadowish, because that is my favorite. Uh, See, you're Williams. one of them. Yeah, it's my favorite you just want Williams them to game. put in two more side buttons so we can have manually controlled diverters. Oh, what would we, what would we divert? Little Yoda. We divert the pinball into the arms of Baby Yoda. Do mm. you think he's going to make an appearance in this game, Grogu? Absolutely. Physically, or two dimensionally? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think there'll be a sculpt. Wow. And maybe on the pro, it'll be a flat plastic. Oh, the Deadpool treatment. <laughs> Well, sometimes you get dead and sometimes you get pool. It just depends. (laughs) Okay. So you're, you're saying premium LA may have uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. I won't, I won't say that necessarily a sculpt would get in all three models, but yeah, I think there'll be a sculpt. Is Stern bringing back a magnet for this game? Oh gosh. Hmm. Well, what was the last, you make it sound like, does there, has there not been Zeppelin had a magnet? Well then I guess it's not bringing back because that was their latest game. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Unless you just mean, you know, bringing back from Led Zeppelin. Yeah, sure. Avengers had a magnet. Hell, everything. Uh, No, the magnet in a typical sense of moving the ball. For four stuff, it would make sense that you would have a magnet to freeze the ball or or grab it to make it look like Baby Yoda's grabbing the ball. I'm not calling him Grogu, so you just deal with it. The child. I'm not calling him that either. You don't like the child? It's fine, but I'm calling him Baby Yoda. I just decided. People know what I mean. Choco milk. Chicky nuggies. Chicky nuggies and choco That would be a milk. good Easter egg in the video mode. Ray Day will get on that. He'll yeah, start coding choco that milk out. and chicky nuggies. And I, I'm talking about a magnet that's utilized more than just a stopping mechanism. Uh, 
But are you thinking like missed multiball or what? Yeah, I'm thinking pulsating magnets a la Adam's Family or dialed in. Um, no, oh, no, I don't think they'll no, do that. No, no. Not, not like where it's going to screw with like Guardians or whatever where the ball control. I, I think you get too many ball control. Or you know what? They, they don't. Even, I'm talking even Iron Monger Whiplash where sure, it'll lock, but then it'll give you a and throw. Uh, I could see it, but I just don't. That's what I want. I don't think I, if you're, my prediction is no, that they mm. won't do it. There's a lot of rumors going around and they are just purely rumors. I think people are just fantasizing what they want in this game because nobody's mm-hmm. seen anything yet, but things like an upper play field, possibly all your shadow kind of thing. Uh, some people have been mentioning a rotating upper play field with drop targets. Again, hard for me to get behind that. And, and to say that is a consistent rumor because I've only heard it from a, you know, a source or two and, who knows? I don't know. Or a, uh, the ship having a, a target that you hit and a, and a ramp comes down kind of thing. I, I don't, we'll see tomorrow, yeah, but I, I, I'm going to guess no upper or lower play field. Okay. I've heard two maybe flippers. A, a la turtle van ball lock. Maybe you do a razorback ball lock. Oh, or razor crest razor or whatever crest, the name yeah, of the sh- ship yeah. was. I could, I could see, see it also being a thing on the play field. That's the ball lock. But if two flippers, if we only have two flippers, it no longer is a shadow. Well, you could still have a a third flipper on the main play field. I mean, yeah, I'm Ellen saying does it, it all the time. If it does only have two flippers, it kind of does away with that. Oh. So it would almost yeah. require three flippers to be. I think people would consider it shadow-esque as long as it's got manually controlled diverters. I think that'll, that would be close enough. Okay. I'd like to see that shadow sanctum ball lock kind of thing come back. I would like that. But then you're going to have tore up sanctums. I, mm. Well, no, we use so much clear now. You just have chipping paint, so don't you worry. <laughs> we'll have those big old uh, metal cores. Randy Martinez, who did the Star Wars comic pro and premium editions last year, is rumored to be on the art package. Yeah, I don't th- I don't think that uh, that rumor is much of a rumor, I think. <laughs> I think it's given that he's confirmed he's been working on a pinball. I've been following him a little bit. Um, he does some great work, really good work, especially on The Mandalorian. He's done some Mandalorian stuff here recently for a Star Wars celebration show, and it's phenomenal. If we could get that in, I would be 100% behind something like that. Maybe even more so than a zombie yeti. Uh, anything Zombietti does is just gorgeous, but I think this calls for more of that illustrated realism, maybe with some color flares, like a Franchi kind of thing. But and that's what Rainy Martinez does. So I, I hope that's the case. Coder, we don't know. Simply don't yeah. know. I mean, one would think it's Lonnie Rop because Brian Eddy does his own code development structure very, very well. So you put somebody like a Lonnie Rop with him. Like they did on Stranger Things. Stranger Things isn't just a Lonnie code set. Mike Vinicor sure. and sure. it was him and yeah, Vinicor and Eddie mm-hmm. all contributed to the rules. Um that, uh, it's been a while since we've uh we've seen Kleiss, Tanya. Yes, I'd not love since to see that. And his and that rule set has become extremely popular with people. So Absolutely it has. I think a lot of people would be happy to see Tanya get involved, even if he's not lead. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't mind. It worked well enough. Uh, as you all know, I'm a big fan of the Stranger Things game. So I'm fine if it is a Lonnie Rob. I just, I don't like when here at Stern recently, we've seen these development teams get in this, you know, this is our team. We're going to do this every game. We've seen Steve Ritchie and uh, Tim Sexton 
on the last two couple games together. We have seen Keith Elwin stick with the same engineer and the coder for his games. I take that back. Maybe not engineer, but coder, Nagel, uh, he works with him a lot. We have seen, so we've seen, I just want him to mix it up. I like when they mix it up Why? and different people work with, because it, it gives you a different combination of type of game that comes out. I really strongly believe that. So Yeah, when, but we get a different type of game that comes out every time. That's We have different teams. So I, I would argue a little bit against that because there is a lot of similarities when you combine that, especially coder and designer. You get a feel based on those two working together. Um, yeah, but Stern's got more teams than they do cornerstones per year. So very true. Just how much variance do you need? I want to see you just shut up. I want to see Dwight with, Sullivan with you, work is with it Brian Eddy. Enough? I want to see Dwight Sullivan work with Brian Eddy. That's what I want. Well, maybe we will, or maybe hey, it's been a while since we've seen Lyman, or is he is he stored in carbonite and only comes out for Kapowski? <laughs> you may not be far off. I I don't know. Because he's been done with uh, he's been done with Elvira for a while, but what is he going to do? I mean, who's he going to work with? Because he's not going to work with Elwin, right? That's, a, no, that's he, a, I'm saying he could work with Eddie. He could, he could. I mean, I'm again, he could, he doesn't have to be the only. It's like I don't. I mean, I don't know, but I I wouldn't be surprised if Lyman does not have a rule. I only work alone. Well, no, I'm no one else like, may weigh in on my rules. This whole Kapow thing. That's what I mean by they get into the structure of sticking on the same teams. He's done he well, Batman, then he did Elvira, both kind of Kapow. Those releases. were different designers, though. They were different designers. The whole thing, the, and I don't know that this is true, but the suspicion that I have and that I know others share, so I'm, I'm not standing alone with this. I know it's just where you're going, that, you. Yeah, that because those uh, non-Cornerstone, the Kapow or the uh, special, because I don't know if Elvira was uh, – a kapow. I don't think it was. Um, but, you know, no pro model. So given these higher end, you know, not cornerstone games that they do, but also aren't those custom contract jobs. Studio games it, is what they call them. Yeah, studio, studio thank games. you. Studio games. So for like the studio games, it's like, hey, let's put Lyman on them because we don't have a pro, but this is going to compel a lot of people to buy it because mm-hmm. he's so popular when it comes to rule design. So it gets you a certain type of pinball crowd, like, some of the competitive people will be like, oh, gosh, I, it's so expensive, but it's a Lyman game, so I know it'll ultimately be good. Yeah, Honor Rules is going to be at the, like, I still, again, without formal polling, it seems to me that amongst the competitive players, Lyman Sheets is the most popular programmer slash rule designer in the game. Yeah, I think it's hard to, hard to uh, refute there. I mean, generally, the, t- the top three that I hear of are his rules, Kiefer's rules, and... Keith Elwin's rules. Those are the those are the tr- holy trinity. You're right. Yeah, you are absolutely. Correct. But when you're ranking the trinity, most of the people I know always say Lyman first. That play competitively. Homeowners is different. Collectors Lyman, is different. What interests me up. is Lyman has done some longer shooting games as of late, and sometimes that's why I, I don't I don't get pulled in or feel quite as because uh, I like a little tougher, shorter ball time game. Well, you're collector trash, so this isn't surprising. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with collector scum. No, no. Trash is more Hey, wouldn't it be cool if there was episode. an actual hive on the play field that had scum and villainy in it? But that's not the right show. I don't know that one either. Uh, so I don't think it's Lyman, but who knows? He is done with Elvira, so he should be working on something else. But something tells me, yeah, they, they put him on those 
big ticket items because he kind of sells games just with his work alone. Just like a zombie Yeti does, just like a Keith Elwin does. Wait, wait a moment. What if for Mando, Ray Day is lead? <gasps> now, don't tease me. But, I mean, it's just possible, right? He's been there long enough. Yeah. And I could conceive it. I've asked Ray Day before uh, if he ever had the desire to do a lead on code. And he did say, listener, that sure, he does. But he thinks a lot of people would be surprised about how much work goes goes into being a lead rather than uh, just part of the team helping to code it. He said it is unbelievably difficult, and th- that's all they do. It's nonstop doing lead on a code. So there is a little bit of differential between a lead and uh, you know a oh, sure. So that makes sense. And I uh, personally, I I don't think it would be Ray Day. He seems to be really involved in the rule set with Led Zeppelin. So sure. I've assumed maybe he's not too busy, ready yet. But- but I've just assumed he's too busy on the prior project to be able to have one that came out this quick. But now, Ray Day, I don't. Uh, that's a. It's tough. That is a true bias for me because I'm friends with Ray Day, so I want to see him do uh, lead, of course. But Ray Day type games. I mean, we got Led Zeppelin, we got Avengers. Eh. eh. But there are other other fingers were in the pie there too. So how we, much is how much is Ray and how much is Day? Yes, so you have to have to weigh. <laughs> it just may someday. I was waiting for Delt last week to say I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. I'd say you eat pieces of shit for breakfast, and he said no. Delt doesn't seem Delt like a movie sh- quoting or no. TV. Yeah, he was you. Shooter McGavin. Now that I'm thinking about it, hmm. he was that. Delt is Shooter McGavin. Do you know what reference that is? Yes, I do. Okay, of course you do. In fact, someone on the EGP Discord just uh, posted some images of their homebrew of that movie. What? Mm-hmm. You're talking about uh, Billy Madison, not Happy Gilmore. Oh, I thought I, I thought it was a Happy Gilmore. Would I? Oh, am okay. I wrong? I've seen a, I've seen a Adam Sandler, uh, Billy Madison homebrew. I'm gonna check my Discord right now. Yeah, don't get me excited, man. If there was a Happy Gilmore game, I'd call that person and say, hey, uh. Maybe uh, make two of them, because I'll buy one. Yep, Happy Gilmore. Oh, who's doing that? Or is it like a private thing? No, this is on my, it's EGP's public Discord. I'm going to have to jump Uh, on there. The Bionic Toothpicks who posted the images, but I think it's a friend of his or something. And there's pictures? Mm -hmm. (gasps) Oh, I know what I'm doing after this show. There you guys go. Subscribe and follow EGP. Because his last remark was, the movie lends itself well to pinball. Absolutely. And I didn't reply, but... uh, because uh, uh, it's obviously yes it because would. you hate adam sandler uh as an actor at this point in his career where he's just going after paychecks absolutely but happy gilmore is an excellent film okay we're not gonna get into that all right shipping we know this is going to release we're hearing tomorrow tuesday the 11th of may instead of doing the may the 4th be with you i wish they would just pulled out on may 5th with uh justin timberlake it's gonna be may it's that would have been more clever. <laughs> I would have liked that more. Have you got any of those memes yet? It's going to be May? No. I don't believe in memes anymore. I gave up on them what five about, minutes ago. What about dank memes? The dankest memes are... We might still have some floating around. My 15-year-old gets so mad when I say that. What you doing? Checking out dank memes. <laughs> he hates me, Dennis. Dad, leave me, me alone. Quit making me play piano in public. I love that my son is, 
he is a 15 year old Dennis Creasel. And I feel like in between our times together on this podcast, I can merely jump right into that feeling of interacting with you, Dennis, by just interacting with him. So it's the best. It is the I don't know what to make of that statement. Uh, I love him more than life itself. So take that as it, as it is. When are these things shipping? What's your guess? I, I would guess within two, two weeks, weeks of, uh, of the formal reveal. Yes, I, I would. So I would Tuesday of next week or Wednesday? I'd guess what we're going to get. Uh, last couple Sterns have released in a, in a manner where they try to get a handful, very, very small amount of pros out to locations ASAP. Can I have the first pro? <laughs> nope. You've already committed it. You know you have. They usually get them out to locations first. Then I have a location. It's called my basement. <laughs> you know, I, I can honestly say uh, last couple, they've asked for the Stern Army locations that we'll be purchasing because they, you know, they'll get me the allotment of. I'm not in the Stern Army. I'm more like the Stern National Guard. <laughs> so if you need me like to stack sandbags up around the game, I can probably take care of it. Admiral Creasel. You should have been in the military. I could see you being in the military. Yeah, I like to steer boats. Not like the full metal jacket version of... <laughs> oh, the, the, the nice military where we just play cards all day and... Smoke cigarettes. And look up dank memes. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, we're going to see some pros rolling out, and then we go full LEs, and then back to pros, and then to premiums. We're going to see the same similar mm. uh, rollout, I believe. Rather, this time, we may see more pros initially, but I think you're gonna we're going to see... Pros rolling off the line, third, fourth week of May, if I had to guess. Um, you'll get a beginning of June LE. Again, merely guessing just as a dealer at this point. We have not had our uh, a dealer meeting yet. That's tomorrow, I believe. So, And then we'll roll to pros and then premiums. No pricing yeah, change would be a great thing, but this it brings up a very interesting point. Here recently, we've seen a bit of a shift in the marketplace uh, in general, a huge shift. Some exponential uh, growth in... You've gone from bit of a shift to huge shift to exponential. It's a huge shift. (laughs) Have you seen the shift? The size of my shift is staggering. We've seen... uh, Pinball's fucking expensive. How about that? Oh, sorry. People get offended when I curse as a dealer. We've seen raised prices. And now some dealers are saying, look, if if there's supply and demand issues, if I'm only getting so many of something... And if I sell that something to someone and they can turn around and flip it for an extra four grand, which is much, much higher than any profit that I make on any pinball machine, why is Papa not taking home the money? Mm. Yeah, it's a logical question. I don't want to get the dealers wrong, so I will not name them. But I've seen a dealer that said we're getting in some Mando LEs, but instead of ninety one ninety nine MSRP, they will be $11,900. Wow. I've seen another dealer advertise and then pull the advertisement that their Mando LEs, I think I think it was a Betson, one of the largest commercial dealers, 13000 13000 Wow, wow. Yes. And then another dealer, I believe in Texas, was doing, hey, I want to give everybody the opportunity to own one, which was so kind, by doing an auction. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> you like that little turn of events there 
Because I was reading and I was like, oh shit, like uh, they figured it out. Baby, don't give me a baby, sold the baby Yoda fan. Fifteen thousand dollars. Get yourself some free blue cookies. No, I'm just kidding. This auction too. Blue cookie one. Five dollars. Five dollars for blue cookie. You'd be a good, a good uh, auctioneer. What makes you think I've not done it before? Because you it, assume a lot about it me. It wasn't crisp enough. Oh, yeah. It wasn't oh. crisp enough. It was better than average of what would just naturally come. <laughs> You've out heard of a lot of like poor auctioneer impressions, and you're a, a six, maybe a seven. Okay. Okay. Or in straight down the middle speak, you're a nine. Oh, no. Not that again. <laughs> <laughs> no, excuse me. 8.75. B plus. Got to be B plus. Oh, it's worthless. Let's put yourself in a hobbyist shoes. Put yourself in a dealer's mm. shoes, a manufacturer's shoes. If you're a manufacturer, we'll start from the top and work our way down. If you're a manufacturer, then it's, are you okay with dealers doing this? Or do you think to yourself, maybe we should raise prices? Or do you say, hey, Good on them. They do a lot of work for us. Um, as long as they're buying the games, it is what it is. Yeah, I think it's mostly the latter. I would say that for the... Though I do think that the manufacturers would would monitor this and, and note, hey, if everyone, if most of them, if this is working, maybe we should raise prices. The problem with the manufacturer, though, is if they raise prices, are you raising prices on all the models? Mm. Uh, if, if it backfires... How easy is it to roll it back? It's not always that easy. It's easy to go up and it's not always that easy to go back down, especially if each of the product lines are in compare, you know, like what's entry level and what's beyond that. Um, and historically speaking, this did happen. So sorry to, to nerd out a little bit on pinball history, but as a reminder uh, from a, an interview uh, with John Norris that I read a long time ago when I was doing research on street level pins mm-hmm. for those that remember premieres six games that they did that were single level in an era of ramps and were simpler games. The MSRP on those from Gottlieb premiere were lower, n- notably lower, substantively lower than the going rate for full featured pinball machines. Mm-hmm. However, many of their dealers, according to Mr. Norris, did not actually honor that reduction and they either kept the exact same MSRP as they would on a full featured game or they like shaved a hundred bucks off. It was like a nothing. Oh. So when you, when you saw a deadly weapon next to whirlwind and they were the same price, which one were you going to buy? Yeah. The, the pricing <laughs> yeah. was the whole point for the besides like the simpler, easier to work on operator maintenance standpoint, the whole incentive was supposed to be, oh, they're more affordable. So it also makes sense. I'm saving money. It makes sense to do but this. But can't manufacturers set a ceiling? They set a they set a floor for us dealers. I I assume they could if they go back. They might require signing a new contract with you, though. Ah, uh, yeah. A new arrangement. A really good point. So I'm just, all I'm saying is that historically, dealers were allowed to go above the msrp so this is not a but that ultimately not, hurt it hurt the sales of that line didn't it would you it, yes you could argue it, that. it sabotaged yeah. what the what the manufacturer mm-hmm. wanted and that's why i'm bringing it up so there is a there is a scenario in place where i could conceive that would cause a problem however given we're talking full featured versus full featured and what the market can bear i'm not sure that would end up being the the problem that stern would have here's where it would get interesting though See, the difference between back then and now is back then there wasn't internet. Yeah. People didn't know what the MSRP was. Homeowners was knew. low. Home ownership yeah, of pinball was, was low just, as well. You were, you were an operator. You went to a distributor and they had prices and you could check with another distributor and check their prices if you wanted to. But that was that. Yes. You couldn't just go like – so we all know what Stern's MSRP is on these games. So 
That's the thing is anyone, practically everyone is going to look online and be able to know that, hey, this dealer has added $4,000 to the price versus what the manufacturer suggests it at. Mm -hmm. That's going to influence the purchasing decision. And I'm going to couple this. I know you want to kind of go through it with a a tiered approach, but since I'm I'm on a roll now, I'm going to just keep rolling downhill here. So let's say we have dealers, distributors who are going to honor MSRP and some that are not. That's what's This could have a long-term negative impact on those who raise past Mm -hmm. MSRP because they're going to be seen not as shady, but as price gougers. And those that still honor, even if they're selling out, those that still honor the MSRP are going to be the first go-tos for everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, The impatient will pay the extra money and jump over to another and be like, but every time... If I were them, even I was like, okay, I have to have Mando in time for my kid's birthday. So I got to, I'm, I'm calling the Texas person. I'm going to buy the, I'm going to buy the game at this ridiculous price. But here are two other dealers that never go over MSRP. They will always be who I turn to for anything that's not an emergency from here on. And they will always be who I try and buy from first because why would I pay uh, extra money if I don't have to? So it would be a, your thoughts would be, it would be a payment thing rather than a, uh, an integrity kind of business uh, business relationship type of thing. When you said, I'll go to these other dealers first because of money. I think there are a lot of enthusiasts out there. I've been reading on Pinside that loyalty is a big thing as well. Trust is a big thing as well. And it goes, it goes pretty mm-hmm. far when it, when we're talking uh, arrangements with pinball machines and money. No, sure. So, I mean, not to, and you, you're a, you're a businessman, Zach, you'll, you'll make your own determination. Sure. But sure. For example, I would suggest to you as a owner operator of flipping out pinball that to not do the price raise over the MSRP, because I think you will grow your loyal customer base by sticking true Mm -hmm. to this number. And there's no way to mask what the MSRP is. Everyone will know that the others are gouging. They just will. Nicole and I were speaking over dinner last night about this very thing. And we were discussing, you know, because ultimately, and I'll talk about it here in a bit, what we've decided to do. But if you do raise the price, I wonder, though, because Ellie's are hard to come by for Stern as a dealer. I'm t- I'm telling you, listener, that is very true. You'll never get as many Ellie's as you need or want. So maybe people just do this because what you gain, this is potentially... I'm not exaggerating, Dennis. This could be for a dealer an extra $2,000 to an extra $50,000, $60,000 profit. If if mm. if these things really selling for like what GNR kind of did, that's a lot of money left on the table. So do some of these dealers say, you know what? I'm going to maximize it because when it comes around again, people are going to buy them anyway because they're going to want to have them. I don't care if people think that I'm price gouging because damn it, I'm not going to sell it to a customer and then turn around and make all the money when I'm the one dumping all my time and effort into this. Maybe people forget quickly and still come back and they know, I I don't care if it ruffles some feathers because they're not going to be my customers anyway. I'm going to maximize my gain and I'm going to continue to do it because it works. Yeah, I'm skeptical that they'll forget that quickly, especially if it's a sizable increase. But, But that being said... If, for example, this is only limited to LE units and they don't do it on the premiums and pros, I think because that's again, the case. I, think I don't see case. how you could really long term get away with it on the premiums and pros because Stern's going to eventually make enough to satisfy demand. So, with that, 
I think it would, in those cases, it would probably come down to how many of their LE buyers are repeat LE buyers. Mm. If it's always just a, I mean, I know plenty of people within the TPN group that are like, they were all in on turtles because they're turtle fanboys and they had to buy turtles no matter what. And if that means you're going to buy a turtles LE no matter what, and that person is never going to buy a Mando LE or a Stranger Things LE or a Zeppelin LE because they don't care about the theme the same way. Mm -hmm. They might get premiums. They might get pros, but they would never get the LE. Yeah, there's probably less blowback in that situation if it stays limited to the LEs. Do you think that if dealers or and or Stern even increased pricing of pros or premiums, even from a dealer's perspective, going over MSRP, I don't think that would work because they're kind of build an unlimited amount, right? This well, is again, the LE thing. My you know, go pulling from uh, the, my, sure. It. Well, pulling from uh from watches, my other hobby that happens okay. uh, on unlimited models um, when they're new. Uh, there'll be there'll be price spikes on at least on the used market where if they'll you can sell get one more now. Than, kind of yeah, well, so people. But the thing is, usually with with uh, most of the time with the authorized dealers for the various brands, they don't, and maybe they're not allowed to, but they don't sell over MSRP. Mm. But then what happens is there's an interest initially, and the used market's higher than the new market because people are flipping them. And then once the demand satisfied, the used market drives up and goes in under MSRP because oh. that's just how markets work. So there's the, I got to have it now and I'll, you know, I'll buy it with the plastic still on it and the sticker still on it from some gray dealer, gray market dealer. Mm-hmm. And I'll pay an extra grand um, because I don't want to wait six months for the supply to catch up. Do they get frustrated with the dealers doing that? Or is that just kind of a, a thing that you see and watch collecting? Yeah, uh, they do. But the, but the thing to remember is there's usually it's usually two different types of dealers. You're either an authorized dealer or you're gray market. Oh, you're not okay. both. Okay. You're not an authorized dealer who also dabbles in selling what's considered unworn. Yeah, and we so. we see some of that if we're comparing different industries. And I like this. I like this talk. This is a market discussion. This is good. Like uh, sports cards, Panini is one of the established brands they they do a lot of sports cards. But what they'll do is they'll sell they have authorized dealers, but they'll sell a small amount direct. But what they do is an auction style where it's like a reverse auction. They will announce, hey, you know, this is when the auction starts. They'll have the maximum price for these cards. And they only have a limited supply. So every five minutes, it incrementally goes down, goes down. Ah, and the consumer okay. takes a risk. Do I risk waiting it out to save money? I might lose out altogether and then have to pay a dealer fees. I, I wonder if that kind of... Yeah, that's an interesting model. I can say, as personally, this affects my life, um, it is really, really tough to allot LEs and try to figure it out. It's it's not so cut and dry, and I feel bad every time I'm doing it because not everybody gets what they want, and there are some good customers, but you know, all I can do is base it off of when people get in a line in a queue, it, but it I'm sucks. surprised, and maybe this has happened. I'm surprised that y'all as as distributors have not been lobbying Stern to just raise the price on the LEs with the acknowledgement that most of that price raise will go to the distributor network. Well, us dealers don't have a union, number one. Us dealers... Well, it's not... It's not a, eh, no, don't but, mess with the union. But was, what I'm saying More is, along the lines of, hey, you know, I know we're I seeing it. a lot of flippers... You guys could raise the price, maybe keep 
50% of the increase and let us keep the other 50% of the MSRP increase. And, yeah. the, the, and we think it would benefit both of our, our organizations. And the Stern would be like, well, it's a great idea. Yeah. The problem is in the dealer network, it is a business and it is pretty competitive. I wish, I wish it wasn't at times, but it is, it can be pretty competitive. So for a large, the majority group of dealers to come together and be like, Hey, we need to, let's see if we can, eh, I don't see that happening, nor I think Stern's got the leverage and they'll just be like, um, no, but there's the door if you want. Okay. Like, well, let's set that set uh mass group quasi union negotiation aside. Have you ever had a conversation with Stern about what they're setting them, their MSRPs at? I have not. Okay. I have not. Then I guess no one has. Man. And I'm sure I'm sure some people do, but it's an interesting discussion. I've even seen just talking pricing. I've seen I think recently uh, Troy at Tilt, great dealer out there. Um he's even added shipping charges now on some Stern games. And that's something that was pretty much across the board listener. Shipping was something that's included on Sterns. Like, yeah, I had never seen a Stern new in box that had uh, shipping charge in I, U.S. I've seen a couple dealers do it, but Trent is one of the, I mean, he's one of the big ones. So when he did, I was like, holy crap, there's something shifting here. And that's not just LEs. I mean, that's pros, premiums, LEs. Mm. So there are some things that are shifting, but it puts me in a situation. I don't know what the hell to do. Ultimately, we do what we think is the most common sense and the most fair. And the thing, like you alluded to before, that will gain the most trust and support within the industry and the uh, the hobbyists because that's our main uh, source of LE designation. And that is take a queue list and go down that list, offer MSRP, and not a dime more. And we'll still hold to our free shipping. And this financially is maybe a bad decision, but I'm playing the long game here, and I think it's the right one. I still feel like it's the right thing to do. So that's what we're doing but man, it's hard. It's hard knowing there's a lot of money that could that could be put into use because I know some of my customers are going to flip them and I ultimately don't care. That's on them. They do whatever the hell they want with their games and good on them if they can make some money. That's why I'm doing this business. But it is tough. This segment brought to you by Flipping Out Pinball. Are you flipping out? Shill, shill, shill. Ching. I think for customer uh, base building, it's a good decision. Oh. Might not be the best decision if you're hoping to upgrade from your inflatable pool, but. Man, pool price. We had a pool person out and two years is the backup right now. Two years, Dennis. Wow. To get a pool. But you've already built a pool. Yeah. Well, I don't want it to be a landmark in Evansville, Indiana. People taking picture by my shitty ass above ground pool. I'm kind of sick of that. <sighs> it's like, so, sorry, and Nicole. It's your fault. We, you're the one you that did this. You could have. For birthday parties, you could have brought in Master P, but instead she's just got to <laughs> sing it herself. Is it like that? Is that what we're talking she's about? so cute. Haggis Pinball in the news. They two, two more weeks until uh, the mermaids close their little cave holes. Aw. What happened to the sirens? Uh, it, I know Martin Robbins did confirm. It's, <laughs> you're right, Dennis. It was a it was mermaids. I know I was right. I would I don't argue, take any pleasure in it. It happens so often. He's the he's one of the creators, so I can't I can't argue with his vision. However, if I describe to you a duck over and over, 
and call it a dog, you might say, that's fine. You're creating that product. It can be a duck, but it's really a dog. That's all I'm saying. Quack. <laughs> Two more weeks until the mermaid edition uh, is closed. I'm, I was wrong, listener. Dennis, you know I was wrong. I thought these would sell out immediately. I'm a little surprised that there are still mermaid editions available to purchase. Do you think it sells out before the two week? Hmm. Yes. I think there's a decent chance. It sounds like they're relative. I don't know the number, but they just from people close. posting on pin site, it sounds like it's relatively close. They all, you know, I, I think so too, though. It's, you know, it's difficult to say. Cause of course the, the bulk of the buys happened within that first day. Sure. So As like you'd expect, cause everyone was kind of unsure if it would go. Absolutely. I mean, this is the first time we've seen a remake of such an old title. Mm-hmm. And they've learned a lot on this launch because it, the launch of Celts wasn't really what a pinball company's used to. That was a license they knew they weren't going to get much response for. This one, this is a big response for them, for their company. And I think they learned a lot, and we're going to see that on the next couple of games they release. But mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. And I think July 1st is when they start building them yeah the target was in july so they're getting into the other new new uh, establishment and factory and finishing out the celts and they're going to jump over to a little mermaid action speaking of production updates dennis american pinball has some upcoming updates oh a new game well hopefully at some point that's got to be coming soon cause cause talked about that but i have a little bit more information here regarding some changes with american pinball i found it interesting that was informed they will soon be adding a second production line to help increase Ooh. supply and to keep up with a growing demand is what they're calling it. I wonder what their backlog is like. I don't know. They talk about Oktoberfest being on back order right now um, until it goes back on the production line for the third time, actually. They're, they claim that they're still selling really well. I mean, pinball's hot right now, so it doesn't surprise me mm-hmm. too much. Hey, that's why home pin scooped up balser. <laughs> Oh, that's a whole thing. That is a whole thing. I found this interesting. Oktoberfest is going to be run again, but they're revising the back box. Why? Well, Oktoberfest, unlike Hot Wheels and Houdini, had a a different style of head, um, the, the sides of the head. This is going to be the classic back box is what they're calling it. Um, that the other, the wings. So they're good. Oktoberfest is going to get wings. Uh, who cares? But okay. It's a little late. I don't know yeah, why. Just, I mean, how many more Oktoberfests are they really going to say? I, I think this is more just to standardize their parts, which it, is fine. That's fine. And that's what my this first thought fine. was. Oh, Dennis just talked about that. It's maximizing similar parts for oh, across sure. models. So, so that was interesting. It was interesting to me because Dave Fix talked about not liking that head in general. So, oh yeah. So he fixed it. (laughs) Yeah. He fixed it by changing it to what it was that he didn't like. I don't know. Uh, Another update from American pinball Houdini's. They're still running Houdini's, which I love. Oh wow. I still, my favorite game of American. You know, the shots are tight, but findable. Very much. So Bowden, they very much, I just think it's the best game, but Coming standard, going forward, they're going to have updated sound systems with subwoofer, same as you're going to hear from uh, Hot Wheels and Oktoberfest. So I guess that was a change mm. between Houdini and Octo. But uh, Yeah, they're well known for their bitchin' soundtracks. <laughs> Upgraded power supply is going to be standard now. Also, some uh, EOS switches. 
standard and the stroke I love switches. EOS switches. Man, that is all the talk right now in pinball. I'm, I'm flipper, flipper, saggy flipper, mm-hmm. soft flipper, mushy flipper. Yeah, people hate that stuff. Bounce back flippers, yeah. Flipper coil performance improvement kits. And uh, the back box is going to have a topper access port or topper glory hill for those of you. I wish we could covers. install end of stroke switches on pinball flippers who flip pinball machines. Oh, that's a novel idea. Mm-hmm. So they can only go eh, so far. Yeah. And then you gotta turn down their power demand. Yeah, it's like okay, guys, you're gonna burn. You're gonna burn up the market. You gotta calm it down a little bit. You yeah, you only get one strong flip every so often, or you overheat. Yeah, if it sat for a week, maybe you need to reduce the price. <laughs> I didn't know that Houdini toppers were really a thing, but they are. They're creating those again. Um, hmm. Which I didn't even remember its topper. Yeah, and the new connector allows for that direct power from the game. I didn't know that the old one didn't, but. So what, it had indirect power somehow? I, I don't know if you just plugged it into the wall. Must have been wall. piggybacking off something. Yeah. Or, well, yeah, that could be. could be a totally separate or mm-hmm. I wondered if it was just synced to something else, you know, mm-hmm. drawing power from an already existing power thing. I don't know. Yeah, and then uh, Hot Wheels was known. They had this nice holiday giveaway where you get a free shaker motor in the Hot Wheels games. That promotion. Oh, was that for Mother's Day? No, that promotion's over. Uh, oh. That was a the whole last year free shaker motors and hot wheels games. oh it was a pandemic special yeah kind of the holiday pandemic holiday get your shots and shaker motors so some changes over at american pinball i suppose again i i don't know if they're going to get the response that they're wanting from this maybe they don't even expect a big response from it everybody's just ready to see that next game i believe i'm ready show it to me unlicensed no, no, they're going to, surely they've got WandaVision or something. Unlicensed. Falcon and Winter Soldier unlicensed? Last week during this time, I had no energy to do everyone's favorite pinball podcast segment. Had no energy, no drive, no sexual tension, nothing. I was a flatliner. Last week I was told that everything was trending down with my name attached to it. And the the ship was sinking. Mm. Glug, 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 glug. And the only person that liked a sinking ship is Bill Webb. But this week, all of that negativity is gone. We know that my co-host loves nothing more than for me to scream at the top of my lungs like a beautiful billy goat. Pinball Market Trends! The non-delt edition. Turning up this week is Deadpool Premium by Stern Pinball. Not the pro, not the LE so much. It's this squirrely old premium. They recently did a run of Deadpool Premiums. Gone. That wasn't even close. That didn't didn't even satisfy the back order. That was done. And the reason it's trending up is because... We're still seeing used ones, just the same price as new ones. And you know when their next run is for Deadpool Premium that I still have back orders for? August? Not May, not June, not July, not August. And I don't have an update past that for production schedule. (gasps) So we know past August. Wow. That could be another 2022 run. And believe it or not, I still have people saying, you know what? Uh, That's fine. I'll wait. Just next time it runs, put me down. It's a fun game. I'm not too surprised. I'm not either, but 
but there's been so much that's come out since. I would have yes. thought there would be enough in the used market, but what there's, do I know? There's not some of those premiums, like a Guardians premium. You don't see too many Guardians of the Galaxy premiums. That's true. That's true. There's a lot of that stuff. I think Led Zeppelin. Eh, Led Zeppelin, not so much because people really prefer that premium with that spinner. Right, right. But yeah, you, it's a good point. I have mostly seen Deadpool pros available. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So the the pros are out there; they can be had, but the premiums are hard little things to uh, to get your hands on. Also trending up this week is something near and dear to all of us, or should be: show some support to one of the greatest actual pinball ambassadors on the planet, and that is our buddy Ed Robertson from the Bare Naked Ladies. They have a new album out called Detour de Force. See how I did that, Tealis. And they're <laughs> oh poor Jeff. <laughs> Jeff may not like that. Jeff may not like that. And their single, which is a catchy little tune that I've fallen in love with, and it has played on the final round pinball podcast. So, uh oh, <laughs> okay. Nothing's indelible. Everything is sellable. Whether you're an animal or vegetable or mineral, it's criminal to think. It drives a man to drink. Am I coming off like my hips don't sink? Come on, just flip in a little bit. Maybe get a wise to a new tip. Come on, flip. Woo! That this is it's a catchy song. It's a, it's had, a good one. I've not heard final round yet. I've not heard the single, so I don't know the song. Well, going down the animal, it today. vegetable, mineral thing reminds me of something they might be giants would have sung though. Oh, I guess there's some similarities there. I think the only similarities were the words. But. I love the wordplay that BNL does. It's like a Jason Mraz. I, I like the wordplay. And if you guys have not heard, you got to go listen to the Final Round Pinball Podcast this past week called Big Flip Theory. And Ed Robertson joins them. It was really good. It's in my queue. I'm just I'm so far behind. Work was a mess. I like that uh, Ed Robertson kind of piggybacked off of our keyboard commando segment and really discussed Mm. as a creator some of the issues that come up now on social media and online with not only just uh, constructive criticism but just general negativity and you know hatred towards joy and fun and entertainment and who throws shade at canadians right don't make any sense i mean other than their syrup addiction there's really nothing mad about anything that they do really they're I mean, nice. we basically imported all our comedians from Canada, all the good ones. That's where Delt should have went. He should have been throwing shade at Canada, because TPN is comprised mostly of Canadians. We've lost the Murica touch, TPN. We're like at least 40% syrup. Yeah, TCPN from here on out. But shout out to the Bare Naked Ladies and especially to Ed Robertson. Uh, and I feel strongly about this as I, as I talked at the beginning of the show that we need to be proud of pinball. We need to be proud of individuals that are pushing it forward like an Ed Robertson. So go listen to that. Support support that band. Support that song in any way that you can. Um, it just so happens to be good and fun, uh, which is nice. But I can't be good. I can't be fun on things that are training down and down this week. Is a game I love. It's Star Wars Premium and LE by Stern. The original artwork by PC. <laughs> it wasn't. They were assets and they were hand drawn, filtered? Yeah. No, those were hand drawn, hand traced assets. Yeah, there it is. I, that's what always cracks me up when everybody's like, no, that's Photoshop shit. And I'm like, that's literally what some of Franchi's stuff looks like. 
So where's the where's the difference? We won't get into that, but I think the difference with the Star Wars one was the exact same poses were you know from other things they'd seen before. That was the that was the issue. It's strange, and it was though. sort of, and it was the photorealistic style. So they just sort of thought that it was cut and paste. It but. just wasn't good choices of that. They just want people. You know, I've I'm going to sum it up probably somewhat inaccurately, but I think mostly accurately, where people are kind of like, hey, I can get Han Solo looking exactly the same on the lunchbox. If I'm paying this much for a pinball machine, it should be a unique pose. You are not wrong. But the French uses those. Uh, he uses things that are already made. That's how he does all of his illustrations. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yep. He uses all those references. So you'll see Munsters in that same exact positioning, I believe. Fran, you tell me if I'm wrong. I, I think that's the case. Uh, but we're not doing our art market trends here. Turning down Star Wars Premium LE, because now that Mandalorian is has been announced, is coming out, people don't feel that strong need to always have to have a Star Wars pin in their collection. We've seen a lot of LEs go up in the last week mm-hmm. or so. Um, yeah, uh, only People only want to know if it can do the hand wavy thing or not. I wanted the LE. Before I got my comic premium, I wanted that LE but couldn't find one. So I said to hell with it. I'll go with it. But now you can find one. Yeah, but it's too late now. I've already put too much into my premium comic. Now, those aren't dropping. That that is the desirable one. Didn't make a whole hell of a lot of them. And those are going, you're going to find a used one of those more than MSRP. But now, these other ones, I've seen LEs dropping in the sevens. The sevens for an LE stern right now? preposterous inconceivable where's princess bride maybe american pinball could do princess bride i think that'd be fitting because i know it's a cult classic but it's just not really that good of a movie so (gasps) oh edit that out i know it's gonna get some edit that out it's god you thought you got complaints about the delt episode it's good but uh, i guess before my time i don't know it's like the monty python stuff you guys realize that's not that's not yeah, funny R-O-U-S's stuff. toys. They could be. They could eat the ball. Like the rabbit. Oh, it's hilarious. Let me tell you, killer rabbit. I've I've heard better jokes on podcasts. I don't really take movie criticism from someone who purports Crudes too as the pinnacle of comedy. Um, pinnacle strong, but it is my jam. Uh, but Interstellar, Nap, Interstellar well, still not, is better. No, let's not go back into Interstellar. Uh, after. Others, for those who said the know, Martian, because how could you? The people privately re- there were folks, they privately reached out to Zach and me mm-hmm. about how wrong Zach was about Interstellar. That's mm, just, it's better than The Martian. That's for damn sure. And it was specific to the that The Martian point. was forgettable. No. Matt Damon is never forgettable. His poop potatoes. He was better be in Interstellar than he was in Martian. The only thing I remember about Interstellar is it's got the all right, all right, all right guy hiding behind a bookcase. Oh, you know his name because there's a poster right behind you. I see it. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, do you know what reference that is? No, I do not. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street, baby. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, my gosh, Dennis. You have to see that. That's I don't greatness. know. You like Interstellar, so maybe this is a mistake. No, anything with Leonardo DiCaprio is gold, my friend. Gold. Also trending down this week, Pewter Edition. Is taking deposits for games that customers haven't seen yet. Dealers, you're my cohort. Love you guys, most of you guys. But trying to jump ahead of the curve 
and start getting your orders in for your pros and premiums. We're not talking LEs, people. People are taking money from customers and the game hasn't even been shown. I'm referencing Mandalorian by Stern Pinball, but I'm seeing ads on Pinside and Facebook. Hey, we're taking, taking deposits now. No. Dennis, would you ever feel good taking money from somebody when they haven't seen the damn game? Uh, I don't know. No. This is the way? This is not the way. Certainly no. not my way. This is not the way to do it. What, what, what happened to this industry? Can we not Didn't just Didn't that be... happen with, uh, with Bloodsuckers and Rick and Morty? You might this be right. This feels so long ago. I don't know. You may be right. I thought some people had criticized that they hadn't seen everything about it when they had uh, the opportunity to, and you had to buy quick because you know how fast that sold. I think the difference for me would be that. And that included a deposit. I know, but I think for me that there's a little difference there because that is an LE limited number of units. This is not. This is a pro and premium. People can, they're going to build these things for years. (sighs) I don't know about, I don't know about slicing the apple this thin, but. I do. I just don't feel, I don't feel good about it. I mean, and I, I know don't what do they're doing. I don't do deposits. So thank you. I don't. That's so the one. If you're thing. asking like, would I would I be willing to pay one for an, an unseen game? No, because I don't even pay the deposits for seen games. I've had people requesting, "Hey, can I please do a deposit? Hey, can I play?" And I, I always tell them, like, "There's just no need." Look at the game. Just, it makes it makes some people feel safer, and that's fine. I, I will take because they're used they're used to that buying on the used market where it's like. You know the ad's still up, and have you? You, I'm sure you've experienced that where you've made a deal with someone, but they still have the ad up, and you have this sinking feeling that you're gonna. Yes, you know that happened yeah. to me. I didn't buy a pinball machine for four years after someone did that to me. Oh, I remember you talking about showing up. Yeah, I got there, <laughs> I and they didn't. That. I don't know if they were scared or what, but they wouldn't send me that a message saying they bullshit. sold it to someone else and wasted my time. It was election night; the traffic was terrible. Yeah, I, I just don't like throwing up pictures like they're an official picture and taking deposits. Just let the customer see the damn thing first. Let them see it. I know some dealers will take deposit. We don't take deposits on pros and premiums at flipping out pinball. This is, you know what? Since dealt shit on me so bad, this is a heavy flip. This ad is brought to you by flipping out pinball. You'd be flipping out without a deposit. We do what's right. Flipping out. No need for deposits. If you want it, I'll hold one for you. That's all. Do you think the new bare naked lady single flip is encroaching <laughs> on your trademark? Have you have you written to Ed and said, "Where's the in out?" You know, we could have made a deal. Come on, flipping now. It doesn't doesn't roll. Shipping him games right to the border, like right at the edge of Washington State, furthest you can reach. Yeah, right. If Ed Robertson wanted a game, I would drive it all the way up to his house. He buys lots of games. No, just not from, from me. You. Yeah, I'm saying if from just me, not from you, from me. Coin taker for life. Oh, no, I don't think he crosses borders there. No, probably not. The next one is not a trending up. It's not a trending down. It's a trending prediction. I was going to trend this up, but then Dennis would have called me out. You have no evidence of that, and it, that would have been fair. You do so. it all the time, though. I, you know, I only call out a few of them. I am predicting and giving you guys a heads up on Batman 66 Premium. Here's the lowdown. Don't tell Stern I said this. Nobody from Stern listens to this podcast. Hey, guys. That's true. Batman 66 Premium is going to get a run in July. There are a number of dealers, including myself, that do still have a couple spots left. That's been long confirmed. But last run. None in the (gasps) seeable future. No future foreseeable runs. If you want one, I predict these are going to start training up because they're going to be hard to Where are the runs going? Where are the runs? I'll show you the difference between getting a new pen and having diarrhea.
Where are the runs? You had to work for that one, and it paid off. Swear to me. Not the Catwoman edition. Deals of the week this week. I found a juicy one. Bye, bye, bye! And you guys may disagree with me. Yep, I already do. Yep, if you look into the pin side, there is for sale for $20,000. It's not a deal of the WTF. This is a deal. It's not a deal. I think it is. This is the Whitewood Total Nuclear Annihilation. The. This is a historic game. It's special, but that doesn't make it a deal. It sure does, because you can't put a price on that. And somebody uh, yes, you just can. did. You can, yes, you can. Someone just did hand-drawn artwork. I mean, come on. <laughs> Sharpie? This is a special game, Dennis. I'm not denying that. I'm just saying that I wouldn't ever classify it as a deal. Outside of Chicago, uh, one of my friends is selling this. You don't have any friends. Got three or four. Nobody likes you, precious. After last week. Probably don't know what that's from either. I Elite Pinball Toppers is selling the original, the one, the only, White Wood. It's what all the folklore is about. TNA. Twenty thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. I didn't know they had it. I thought Scott still had it. The pinball machine belongs in a museum. <laughs> don't look at the price, Mary, and keep your eyes shut. <laughs> Damn it. Even better. I've thought about buying this. Why? I don't know. You don't even like TNA. I do. I really like TNA. I love TNA. That's true. You actually gave it a fairly positive review. I think it was at least a B. In the collection, it it didn't stick as well as I'd like it to. Because it doesn't fit in the lineup with anything. Actually, that is true. That's your problem. And the white would really won't, because that's like thrown in a Dolly Parton cabinet or something. I would, no, honestly, if I bought this, I would have to buy a similar cabinet of a game i like just so i at least have two yeah i know how you are you've got this ocd thing is this it's not this, healthy i may actually reach out to jordan because i could see this next to an actual restored dolly i would like that i would consider just getting like a waiter <gasps> a waiting pool to put next to your like as an add-on to your inflatable dennis pool. i'm getting a fathom this would yeah i know this would go right that's gonna next. be a fancy haggis fathom with shiny reflecto cab twenty thousand dollars oboe that's a deal. Bye, bye, bye! But what is not a deal is a deal of the... <laughs> an Alice Cooper topper on Pinside. Listener, you remember that hideously ugly topper that Charlie and crew made for the Alice Cooper? It was priced right. I don't remember the topper. It had a little brain in a, in a jar. Oh, is that the brain one? Okay. Yes. I remember now. That one. It's the brain one, and then the Rick and Morty is the triple one. No, this was the triple one. Oh, okay. this was the brain in the jar triple. And I thought it looked like a triple. Yes. Yes, because okay. it had little eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It's adorable. Why do you not like it? It's ugly. It's hideous. I, if I owned an Alice Cooper, I'd rather go topperless. That's how much I disdain this topper. I hate it. I hate it. It's shaking back, and I hate it. <laughs> Dallas Penn out of Frisco, Texas is trying. And I like Dallas Penn. <laughs> I, I really like Dallas Penn. But $1,400 oboe. Maybe the market will call for it. I don't think so. Nope. It's hideous. It's ugly. Try better. Sell, sell, sell. I want Spooky to come out with an actually good topper. What? Just once. They do lots of good toppers called free. Just because something free doesn't mean it's good. Mm -hmm. I think it was Twippy Award winning. (laughs) Even more clearly, just because something wins a Twippy does not mean it's good. I'm just saying it's got it's popular. some sort of creepiness. Popular, maybe. It's, pop- it's got some popularity. popularity. It's got fans. Oh, God. Or at least we'll go back to this correlation thing again. support <laughs> just because it's a correlation doesn't mean uh, 
popularity. Correlation does not mean causation. Is that what you're trying to say uh, to me? That's what I tried to say last week. Academy Awards sometimes have best pictures that I don't think are the best pictures. You know, box office numbers are a lot higher on Avengers, but it, you don't see it when in best picture. That's an argument I should have went into last week as well. Well, if you were smart, maybe you would have thought of those things at the time. And ladies and gentlemen, that was the Pinball Network presenting the Pinball Show presenting. Flipping out sponsoring. Flipping out sponsoring. Pinball Market Trends. Oh, there you go. Pinball Market Trends. Pinball Market Trends. Oh, I didn't know if that was Alvin Jones or if that was... I couldn't... I realized I was not on anything. <laughs> it was in between all flavors. The howdy ho I tried to salvage it. A don't think I questionable. did. Oh, well. Don't don't really care. Uh, Mr. Hanky didn't even know if he wanted to roll out that. Howdy ho? Question mark? Those market trains smelled like flowers. Oh, closing down the show this week. I did miss you. And it just makes me appreciate so much you and what you bring to the show when I have co-hosts on like that. What, do you want to debate? Would you like to go online for a few minutes and pull some quotes of mine and use them, try and use them against me? Oh, uh, you've said some pretty atrocious things to me. But it's, I know it's out of love. That's truly, you're just trying to help me, trying to make me better. That's true. I, I don't know. I thought I saw someone on Pinside say I could only love myself. And then I also thought I saw something involving a flashlight. What about the wet towel? And the wet blanket or wet towel thing? Oh, it was a yeah, wet blanket. Yeah, what I've seen a lot of things in my days. Mm. Yeah, but the people who care, they care immensely, and that's all that matters. You know, last week I even had a – this is how lighthearted and and conflict-based but fun that – I even had my own song with fresh lyrics um, that I was going to sing to Delt, but it didn't go in the direction I thought that would be fitting. So – I had to scrap the whole song. It was uh, probably for the best. I'm not sure where in that episode a song would have made any sense. Yeah, it was a Shania Twain-based country song about trolls. Mm. But hit the cutting room floor. Yeah, because you were just dripping with kindness during that episode. I was friendly little boogie. And uh, Tony's a friendly little boogie on the Eclectic Gamers podcast. Tell people how to uh, what they need to do to follow and subscribe and everything. Well, they can just uh, they can always go to facebook.com slash Eclectic Gamers podcast and all the relevant links are there. And they can always reach out to me if they need to talk to me about something through that or via Eclectic Gamers podcast at gmail.com. Perfect, perfect. And you can reach out to Dennis Nye, David Dennis, George Fisher, whoever you want in the TPN bunch at the pinball network at gmail.com. It's not a dictator. Please don't email the pinball network at gmail.com trying to buy games. That's happened a couple times, hasn't it? A few. And it's just like, it's not the right email. You see my way of locking in that sale. It's going to be a busy-ass week indeed. The product showcase this week for flipping out pinballs, Jurassic Park Pro. Just got a shipment in. They're always hard to keep in stock, so bye-bye-bye. That was a pterodactyl sound effect. I didn't know if it was that or a baby raptor. No, they're more like baby T-Rex. That's what it sounds like on Lost T-Rexes are born fully grown. Batman 66, get your premium spot now before they're gone. Stranger Things Pro is getting low. Low, low, low. Avengers Pro, super low. I think I got one left right now. Team NT Pros and Premiums, Led Zeppelin Pros and Premiums. Plenty of those, so don't rush. Oh, we've we've got an inventory of those. Uh, I don't think Stern has any though. So just at dealers right now. Stern mm. doesn't have any inventory of anything. They can't build anything. And Do they store a lot of inventory? I never thought they, they did. Don't no. They a tip in the past they would just make as much as they can before moving on to another one. But no, they don't. I think after WWE they learned their lesson. Man, they just build what's what's ordered. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but Elvira 
they've ran into more parts issues. So <gasps> everyone wants it. Some that were supposed to get them in May, some of them got pushed back until August. They're going to try to run the remainder in August when they get some parts. So I hate. I that. wish them luck. I like that game. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. I wish I could afford it. Absolutely. Golden Tee 2021. We have some pre-order spots left for the July run. Those are always hard to keep. Alien. You got any Hot Wheels? Uh, hot Wheels, yeah. Get you, get you Hot Wheels. Yep. Uh, banners, side art, armor, etc. Jurassic Park Pro Arcade, you name it. And if you're wanting to watch all the festivities and the fun, uh, anything from pinball arcade, rubber bands, barbecues, straight down the middle. You can email. When, are, us. when is Straight Down the Mail going to interview the Rubber Band Collector? Because I want to watch that episode on One X. Greg just filmed a, a maybe point five. I haven't decided so. yet. We'll see that coming very very soon. TPN last week final round pinball podcast. We talked about it already. Big Flip Theory with Ed Robertson. Silverball Chronicles episode fourteen. Gomez. This one has a lot of arcade stuff. Kind of a kind of an incorrect title there because it did it not have a lot of arcade stuff it did have a lot of i arcade haven't heard it stuff, yet but it also had a lot of george's early pinball stuff yeah but it would have been a lot to say this one has a lot of arcade and pinball stuff this one's got a lot of stuff yeah the george gomez the toy maker years or george i don't know off the record pinball podcast episode 11 free play pinball podcast with amanda hammy the hamilton and wild man burrito bill webb himself they issued a pilot to the off the record and tpn and this just in, Dennis, I think you and I can announce here on the Pinball Show that Free Play Pinball Podcast with Hamilton and Webb is going into the TPN lineup. So yep. congratulations to listeners of that show. I think it's going to be a really good one going forward. You get Bill Webb and his antics that you've become familiar with on the Special One Lit Pinball Podcast. And you get newcomer Amanda, Miss Lord Helmet Hamilton, uh, with her sauciness People her. really liked her yeah. guest stint on this show, too. She was a hot number there. So you're going to hear them every other week on TPN. Congratulations to Free Play Pinball Podcast. Yay! TPN this week, we're going to be getting just another pinball podcast, I would bet, from Ingleberth. Oh, the la- not the, this isn't, I don't, it may or may not be a flipping out stream last week, but Joel Ingleberth had a stream on Led Zeppelin. Jeff Teolis not only phoned in, but he was on video uh, during the majority of the event. Then you had people like uh, Craig Bobby and uh, Pensomniac jump in there. That was an awesome, awesome uh, episode. Go watch the VOD of that. But Jeff Teolis writing on his arm and talking about hot tub streams was phenomenal. Just hmm. phenomenal. And you can check the top 10 because I guarantee you the prank that TPM pulled on Jeff Tielis on that stream will be in your top 10 clips this week. Maybe we'll have a Jesse J this week. Maybe. Where's Ryan C? Maybe with Jesse. Maybe not. We never know with Ryan. You never know. He's a wild card. A rebel. What about Bruce? Where the hell is Bruce? And Cat. Brucey and Kitty. Where are they at? I do want to give a shout out before we end today. Johnny Pinball from Totally Pinball Podcast. He aired, nice enough to air two episodes on the Off the Record here at TPN. He has branched out and started his own regular podcast under the same name, Totally Pinball. And uh, maybe just follow, like, go continue to listen because he's not gone. Uh, He is not gone at all. So he has his own podcast that he's continuing with. And we were happy to support him in the early stages of that and take a lot of pride in that. So go follow and listen to Johnny Pinball. 
And for Dennis Creasel, I'm always going to be your Zach Minnie. And remember, if you can make money, you can always make more money. Price up today. And always practice safe pinball. And it is I that eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. So long, everybody. You might been hurt, babe. That ain't no... No, no, I've... That's okay. I'll just weave some other gold elsewhere. (laughs) So fucking stupid. I don't get that. Okay. This um, hobby's weird. (laughs) The Shill DeLorean. Where do we go from there? I've got this baby LE. I've got to get it back to its own kind. (laughs) You don't want to lose it.